Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Welcome to episode 15. This is our interview section of The Road Back to You, and this is our first interview, and it's a group interview. It's our book study group one, by ours I mean mine. So, sorry to exclude you there. But there we go. Uh, But they were nice enough to include me tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. Look at that. Maybe we'll integrate you. If not, it's going to be super awkward. So, uh, we're going to go around the circle, and not with us. We'll talk about, uh, or we've already talked about us. So, then we'll go from you all the way around. Just say your name and your Enneagram number. Starting now. I'm Jenna, and I'm a nine. I'm Jessica, and I'm an eight. I'm Megan, and I'm a six. I'm Lindsay, and I'm a one-wing nine. Oh, look at you. You threw a wing in there. Are we doing wings? Sure. Now we can. Sure. Does anyone else want to wing it? That's good. You have a strong wing. That makes sense. That's good. I don't have a strong wing. I'm like a penguin. I have wings, but I don't fly. So, (laughs) look at you. And just to remind y'all, a wing is, how would you describe it? So, you're a number, and then you can either drift one way or the other. So, usually you're born with one number and then you can acquire one later on yes i like mentioning a wing number when i have trouble committing to just one number such a nine i'm such a nine yes okay good stuff so let's have Lindsay. you just kind of tell us about how this book study was even how did this come about i've mentioned it a couple times on our other episodes but you take the lead on this one yeah our book study has uh, been meeting together for almost three years and um it kind of came to my mind, most of our moms are in a book study together, and they were doing this book called Present Over Perfect, and um, it was a book I had wanted to read, and a lot of the daughters were in the Metroplex, and I thought this would be really cool if we would all get together and do it, so I sent out a random Facebook message, probably at 9 o'clock one night, and I had no idea what the response would be, but um, we had enough takers, and it's been really fun. Um, a lot of us have an over 20-year history with each other in some capacity, so it's been fun to reconnect through this book study. Yeah, good stuff. Had y'all been in a book study before, or is this y'all's first book study group? This is my first book study. I think I've been in a book study before, years ago, um, probably 2009, 10, 11, maybe those years. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever been in one. I like to call it a book club. Oh. <laughs> You're trying to convert it. Book study. <laughs> You're the most recent to the group, so you have the least. Oh, you can vote it out. It's fine. You can. We'll start our own book study. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our club. <laughs> oh, sorry. You're already messing the name up. Okay, so what are some of the books, any of y'all, that we have done kind of so far? Um, we've read Love and Respect, um, Present Over Perfect. Is that the first one that we read? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Love Lives Here and Women Living Well. And we did video series in the summer. Huh? Yes. And there was the other Bob Goff book. Or the Love, Love Does. Love Does. Yeah. So we usually do a book in the fall, book in the spring, and then in the summer we do video series. Except did Love and Respect last a fall and spring? It may have been did a last time. Whole year. It <laughs> <laughs> was a good one. How do you guys decide on a book? Just kind of throwing ideas out there and... Yeah, normally when we finish a book, we have like a dinner at the end of it, and then we'll kind of talk. If anyone has a book in mind, 
normally we're all pretty easygoing on what book is next, but Janie, another girl in our book study who isn't here tonight, she was very adamant about us doing the road back to you. So if one person really wants to read a book, most of us will go along with it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Okay, so we're going to dive right in onto the road back to you. And so let's talk about your number and how did you discover your number and how did you know it was you? So a lot of times with the Enneagram, you have to kind of read this book. You need to read the road back to you so you can kind of journey through. It's hard for someone else to tell you what number you are because this is all motivation-based instead of behavior-based. So whoever wants to talk first, um, just start with your name so people can kind of learn your voices. This is Jenna, and for me it was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be. I'm a nine, and just reading like the first list of, you might be a nine if, I was like, yes, 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 yes. And so it was a pretty easy. Most of my life, I feel like any kind of personality test type thing like this, I'm labeled the peacemaker, and since that was in there, I was like, I'll try this one first, and that happened to be it. So for me it was pretty easy, but it's definitely not that way for everyone I know. I'm Megan, and I'm a six. So for me, it was a little bit easy to identify, although we would read some of the lists, and I would think, oh, that's me, that's me. And so I would have, like, 12 checked off on the ones and also on the threes. But I think what it came down to was the motivation behind all of why I do what I do was a six. And what was kind of a defining part of reading the chapter was that it was, because I've always labeled, it talks a lot about fear and anxiety, and I always thought I never had those things. I thought it was just preparing for the realities of the world, and the book like literally says that in there, and that is has always been, even looking back to, like I remember instances in elementary school and middle school, looking back like through college, all of those, it was all driven by the motivation of realities of the world. Like it, so it's labeled a bit differently in the book than what I would do, but they talk about that. And so I think it was all based on the motivation. Hi, I'm Jessica. Um, I am an eight. I have I've kind of gone back and forth when I started this. I feel like the more I dig into this, the more confused I get. But I think what's most natural is is the eight for me. Um, challenger is what most people would definitely identify me with, um, and I would kind of identify myself as a challenger. The motives um, get me sometimes, but I think that the eight is kind of where I am. There's lots of podcasts you can listen to as well um, on these and listening to different um, perspectives of or different, I guess, where people fall on the spectrum of their number. And that's really, really helpful as well. Can be more confusing, but still, it'll it'll get you somewhere and teach you something about um, yourself as you're as you're learning. So this has been quite the process. Fun when I'm really confident in who I am, um, and then annoying sometimes whenever I <laughs> start doubting um, just the the number I am at that moment. But I, I really think I'm an eight at this point. Yeah, that's where I am. All right. Um. This is Lindsay, and I'm a one. Um, for me, this is pretty true to who I am all the time. I I will always get on the bandwagon, but I'm not um, the first group. So, like, Taylor Swift. I did not love her when she came out, but oh, yeah. now I like her. Because <laughs> I think she's always wanted to do pop. I never thought she wanted to do country, but that's a... Maybe another podcast. <laughs> but anyways, it was kind of the same with the Enneagram. I've heard people talk about it. A lot of people I follow on Instagram talked about it. And I thought it was a 
a dumb personality test that people are like, oh, it's this fantasy of who you want to be. And so um, when we started doing this book, I was very skeptical, but um, it's been good. I think at first glance, you know, at the beginning, the first chapter, they kind of give an overview of all nine numbers. And just from those few sentences, I was almost positive I was a six. Um, just because I, I can find the bad in just about everything. I can find the worst case scenario all the time. Um, but then it was really when we started reading the chapters, and it is the motive and why you do what you do. That's when I realized, no, I am much more of a one than I am a six. Not, not meaning that I still can't find the bad in everything, because I can, but maybe that's just the perfectionist in me. That's I find true. the loopholes and the, um, the flaws and everything. So it sounds like a lot of you started with the book. Did anyone start with a test and then go to the book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His, I, his test was free. And now it costs money. Really? Well, yeah. it was 12 bucks when I took it about a year and a half ago, probably. Who's him? Who's he? Incron. Oh. I don't know which one I took. But I, maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe they scammed me. I feel but like I, there's different ones, too. Okay. Um, I, I like to think that it looked like the most professional one, so I was, I was, I was down. <laughs> so I made Parker pay, too. And uh, 24 bucks one night, and uh, we got numbers. My top three. Night. Yeah. Really eight, yeah, and eight wasn't even in my top three there in that first one. So that was fun. That was a good, good sign there. <laughs> pay money, you get the wrong results. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it wasn't even no, say that. probably not. <laughs> no, I think that's good for the listeners to hear that if you have taken a test, which I don't think that's a bad tool, but if you take a test and you're like, I don't really know, just to go back to the book and dive in deeper. Yeah, so sure. yeah, well, and remember, it also talks about healthy, average, and unhealthy. So if you're having a bad season, or if you're in a valley, or sleep deprived and you take the quiz you might test differently or you might test your stress number instead of your secure number sure. or your where you your true numbers so yeah. again uh, I like that you're cross-referencing too yeah and I, I I agree I think that I was in a very different place when I took that test so um, which is kind of fun to look back at and say hmm maybe that is why I tested in different numbers that I mean you wouldn't have thought you'd have been were up there I mean it depends on the time of life and chapter of life, I guess, season of life that you're in at that time. Right. And that's the great thing about the Enneagram, too, because once you actually read the book that he's written, it talks about, in different seasons, how you're going to respond certain ways. So that made a whole lot more sense to me, too, once we actually were turning the pages and discussing the chapters. So, Lindsay, you've already kind of mentioned this earlier, but um, when you guys talk to, the, to others about the Enneagram, do you ever get people that are skeptical? And what would you say to someone who's maybe a skeptic when it comes to either the Enneagram specifically or personality tests in general? Like maybe they say they don't believe in them or maybe they don't see the benefit. For sure. I can say that at work right now, I, um, I've been trying to get uh, my boss to have at least the upper level leaders, just upper level leaders take this test just to see, even if we don't sit and talk about it and have book study about it, um, just to for them to be aware of kind of who they are and, and what they may portray to others um, and, and, and also be aware of who they're working with so that may, they may be thinking that this person is just, you know, the, the meanest person ever, but they don't know their motives. They don't know what's going on. Or they may think this person is completely checked out, never in tune with what's going on at the, at the store. But really, I mean, they're, that's just 
they're just operating in a completely different way. Um, so I think it'd be super valuable for anyone to read this book because who doesn't need to know more about themselves? And I mean, who doesn't want to know more about the people that they're around most often? It would make our, all of our lives easier <laughs> and better to understand each other. To kind of go along with that, so I think people who don't believe in personality tests or personality typing, I would say that I could see that line of thinking, although I think the book offers you wisdom even if you don't believe in it. Because even if you don't identify your number, there's parts of your personality that you could pick from each chapter that leads you to a healthier place of that part of your personality. So if you don't want to say, I'm a six or I'm a one or whatever, you can still gain value just by reading That's how so to interact with people. And I do think after you read the book, you'll see that you probably are a number. That's <laughs> what I was going to say, is once you read it, you like most people fall under a number and even if you don't think you do them maybe you're a four or something you're really unique and no one is like you so in that case you don't for the world yes, it's you. That's good. <laughs> so yeah I agree I think just trying it even if it's just something really simple before you dive into a whole book you don't want to be that committed like just read a section of a number that someone says you might be or you think you might be and I feel like a lot of times you get more interested as you're like oh that kind of is me and so yeah, yeah another reason the in the front of the book there's the checklist and I know when we read the book when we went through each chapter we would Jenna you would read the little number one you might be a this if you're whatever and we would sit there and raise our hands and check off our page and that would kind of help us and then in the back of the chapter, there are spiritual transformations. So like you were saying, Megan, even if you don't get anything out of the book, you can at least flip to the back page in every single chapter and find out how you can transform your life spiritually for the better. Um, I think what I like the most about the Enneagram is how in-depth all the personality types are. I feel like every other personality test I've taken, whether it be through a ministry I've been involved in or a job, it's like put me in a category of four. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't tell me there's only four types of people in the world. Right. You know, but I, I appreciate how Enneagram One has nine different options. And then in that, there are subcategories of average, healthy, and unhealthy. Um, and so I just, I really feel like it's so much more personalized and in-depth than any other personality assessment that there is out there. So I feel like that that in itself, where some people may find that confusing, um, I think it's really helpful to identify yourself in that way. Right. And there's something about it that kind of encourages you to continue. It's a continuous um, awareness and, and uh, journey, I think, because a lot of those personality tests give you what you are, here's what you do, good and bad, peace out. Yeah, and then, right. I mean, you don't have anything to grow off of. You don't have any, like... More, there's not more information, and this is just so cool because it kind of gives you the whys behind what you what you do and why you do it, and either you relate or you don't. And, and I mean, if you do, then you kind of think more into it. It just it guides you into a continuous journey that can last as long as you you allow it to last. I think. Right. I think what's also neat about it is you can look back into the past too and understand yourself more, why you made these decisions, what that motive was. And then moving forward, you're able to identify like your stress number and why you're making some decisions you are. So mm -hmm. hopefully in stress, you won't 
make bad decisions. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great aspect. How else would you guys say that knowing your number and having read more about your Enneagram um, has affected how you see yourself and maybe even how you are in different environments or surroundings? For me, as a nine, it was really, really helpful because nines sometimes struggle with like who they are, why they do what they do, like what are my opinions and convictions and all the things because it's easy for me just to kind of conform to what those around me are saying or doing because I can kind of see their point of view. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. Um, so for me, it was really helpful just to hear like this is, these are your motives. And I'm like, that really makes sense. I don't know, just having someone else Maybe this sounds kind of unhealthy still, but like tell me basically like this is why you're doing and me being able to reflect on that and see that played out in my life in different circumstances has been really like life changing. Being able to articulate what it is about myself that um, I don't know how I am in relationships and just with other people, especially. So have you used that knowledge as comfort or maybe to change habits or I think both. I think. And that's, again, a great thing about the Enneagram. It's like it gives you your the good things and the bad things. Like there are definitely areas that I maybe didn't even know before that now that I know I'm able to grow in. And then the areas that I thought like I was like good at or like a positive thing about myself, it just kind of gave me almost like affirmation in that. Like, yeah, that is something that I'm strong in. And so that's been helpful. Yeah, more ways to capitalize on those strengths too. For sure. So I think for me, it has given me words to some of the feelings or emotions or motivations that I've always had, but never been able to verbalize or identify. Um, like I was saying before, I've always questioned everything, always uh, prepared for, like if I'm packing for a two-day trip, you know, you have to have a rain jacket, you have to have like every type of weather <laughs> equipment because you don't know what's going to happen and so and my husband has always been like we don't need any of this stuff but then whenever we use it he's always so glad that we have it <laughs> and so I think I was able to kind of identify these pieces of my personality not necessarily negative or positive but just to identify like oh these are a thing and it's okay that the that this is the way that I am and be fine with that um, that's something else I forgot. Dang, well, when do you remember, too. just chime on in. <laughs> okay, so again, if you have something to say about yourself or surroundings, just speak up. Otherwise, we can go on to the oh, next I one. Right now. Yes, go for it. <laughs> go for it, Megan. <laughs> I think the other thing that was uh, really great for me to identify was in relationships, why with friends that I've been friends with for 20 years and we've lost contact and that's totally fine that happens in life but why I still have this like loyal attachment that they don't reciprocate and that's always been hard for me to like figure out or even identify like why I have this attachment still mm -hmm. and so after reading the chapter and I mean it's called The Loyalist mm -hmm. and I think that's helped me to be okay with letting that be what it is and not being upset that they don't have that or that, you know, so it's helped me to 
basically just identify things and be okay with them and be okay that other people don't have my personality. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. Like, why aren't you reciprocating this loyalty that we've had this yeah. friendship forever and it's just not yeah. a thing for you? Yeah, that's good. I have something on um, just how it's affected my surroundings. So I'm, I'm a one, um, I'm, and I'll admit this, I'm a very black and white person. I've always been. Um, but I feel like the Enneagram has helped me to become more compassionate to the people that I interact with every day to where, um, you know, if someone makes a decision that I I don't agree with or I wouldn't have handled that situation in that way, it's helped me have compassion on them um, just to know that they're just different. Like the way that their um, mind works is different. Their motive is completely different right. than mine. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is designed to be as black and white as right. I am. Right. You know, that would not be a fun world. Yes. That's what um, God gave us nines as well. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I just I feel like it's helped me to become much more compassionate to those around me. That's good. Which is a nice segue into how it's affected your workplace. So, Jess, you've already kind of mentioned the Enneagram at work. So, mm-hmm. talk a little bit more about that. Okay. Um, yes, I work with some, uh, I work at Chick-fil-A, and there are some young leaders there between the ages of like 19 to 24 who have just recently gotten into this Enneagram idea. And it's really cool to see them just really um, enjoy learning about each other and and one another. Um, it's It's been fun. And they they know the importance of it. I mean, Chick-fil-A is a, is a grind. It's a lot of fun, but there's constant, constant um, just movement and changes and decisions that are having to be made by the leaders constantly. And so for us to not trust each other with what's going on, it's, there's a huge problem when that happens. And so um, it's been really neat to see, you know, the, the, the feelers, the fours who keep everything to themselves but they're feeling all these things and they're very unique um in their in their own mind they 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 are the only one of themselves you know in in one place and then you have these um eights who really have no feelings that's that's myself and have no feelings and you're wondering what are you thinking about like let's go let's get this going and the if we could just understand you know like that's how they operate let them operate that way your way is not right and my way is not right um it's not the only right way it, it's just, it's been awesome to see them realize there's, there's lots of different ways to function and, and they're all, they're all right ways. <laughs> um, so that's, it's been cool and I'm excited to, to learn, to learn more about all of us. Oh, there's another thing I remember. Um, this is fun. Okay. So as an eight, um, it took me a second to, um, accept that I was an eight. I think most eights can say that, but when I did, I'm owning it and I'm, I'm very confident that I'm, I'm, very much an eight. I have other numbers, ideas that I can relate to, but the eight is, is I think it's at my core. And so when I'm in the office listening to a lot of the, the leaders come in, the younger leaders come in talking about um, just identifying identifying each other as numbers, you know, what we're not supposed to do, but it's the funnest thing to do. Um, they, they'll they say like, oh, that's such an eight thing. Oh, he's for sure an eight. And it's fun to listen to. It's fun, but also as an eight, I'm going to let them know. Um, hey guys, be careful with how we're labeling people because it's fun to label people, but eights sometimes get that reputation of anything bad, yeah, they're an eight. Like if they're rude or if they're loud with you or if they're argumentative or anything, that's, that's only eights. And it was kind of, it's been funny to 
it's been fun, but also kind of eye-opening. And honest, and, and um, I don't know, it's just a good bit of information that I learned as I was hearing it and felt it was important for them to hear. Like, hey guys, be careful with how we're identifying these numbers and not only choosing, you know, anything that's um, quiet. All the quiet people are nines, you know, or all the, all the really creative kind of, um, I don't know, colored hair and unique people are, they're all fours. That's not always the case. And so, and the eights, all the people who, you know, are just loud and argumentative, those are always the eights. It's just not, that's not the case. We can help identify, but um, it's, it's important for us all to know that um, we don't know the motives. We have no idea who that person is, although they may seem like they're that one number, who even knows? So just make sure that we're all being very helpful. I guess that's something I'm learning too, is being very helpful with how we um, identify numbers rather than... That helps you as a leader too, because mm -hmm. you're in a leadership role at oh, Chick-fil-A, yeah. so that definitely helps going from top down, yeah. setting the tone for this is how we're going to do it. Sure. So that's very helpful, especially with younger mm -hmm. coming into their own mm -hmm. aged people. All right, so how has this book, uh, Andy Enneagram, affected your friendships? So we're moving from the workplace into your circle of friends, whether that's your home group, because I know a lot of us are in home groups, or your best friend, or however that works. So how is it affecting your friendship? So for me, it's been really helpful in a few of my friendships specifically. Um, knowing, so reading the book and reading all of the numbers instead of just mine, because I feel like when you first open the book, you just want to know all about yourself, so like really selfish and things, but... Um, so I did that, but then reading all the other numbers and thinking about my friends who I know are those numbers has been helpful to, to help ask good questions. That might sound weird, but um, one of my friends is a seven, and so it's a lot, they a lot of times like avoid pain and want to be really positive and optimistic, but being able to kind of like slow them down knowing that that's not how they normally function um, and kind of like ask those questions that get a little deeper and not let them just always be adventurous and fun and the life of the party, but help to just like help them grow too, um, has been really cool to see. And just, I feel like it's helped me be a better friend because I kind of understand a little bit of how their mind thinks and the things that they naturally do or don't do. Um, and so that's been I feel like a an advantage in my friendships is just being able to ask good questions and help them to grow even more, hopefully. Um, there's another, my sister-in-law, Janie, she's normally here. She's a two. And um, super helpful, first person to think to do anything for anyone, always. And I am not that. And so whenever we're at family functions, like um, after, she knows that I want to help. Like I really do I'm not trying to just go off by myself or um, be the life of the party somewhere else. I really want to do my, do my part in helping. I just don't think, like my brain just doesn't go like to go do the dishes and pick up all the dinnerware and all, and what all that it is to host, because I've never really been the best host, is, hostess. Um, so she knows now, like if we're finished, she's, she'll say, hey Jess, can you come get do this? And she knows I'm not offended by that, I'm so happy that she told me what to do, so I'll do it, and I'll do it well. But I just don't think like that. And so it's been cool to see her know that's what I want, and she does it. And that's out of her comfort zone, too, to ask for someone to help her. But she knows that, I mean, it's a win-win for both of us. She's not overworking herself, and I get to help, you know, because 
I was asked, and hopefully one day I'll see the need <laughs> and take action. <laughs> but uh, until then, Janie will always ask, and I love it. It's been great for me. It sounds like um, using the Enneagram and knowing your friends' numbers has helped improve your relationships. Have you seen an impact on your marriages using ideas from the book and the Enneagram? I think similarly, it it helps you to understand. Like I under my husband is a two with a one wing, and it helps me to understand. A lot of times he's trying to be helpful, and so like seeing the motive there, whenever as a six and a planner and logical thinker, it might not have been the most logical way to help, <laughs> but that his motive was to be helpful. And so just kind of compassion or grace or whatever you want to lay, like, so it's been easier to give him those, you know, the benefit of the doubt, because usually I would just think that it wasn't helpful, mm -hmm. but knowing his motive behind it, it is always, it's always easier to, you know, step back and think, I understand. It's not, you know, there's understanding there. Sounds like it saved you some frustration and maybe some <laughs> arguments. <Yeah. laughs> That's fair to say. <laughs> My husband is a three, which is the performer, and um, I would say reading this book has helped me understand him so much more. So my husband is um, a campus pastor at a church here, and every Sunday we come home, we sit down after lunch, and he has to tell me how many people were at our church. And then he tells me how many people were at the other three campuses. And I, I get so annoyed with it every Sunday. But I know it's coming. And I, because I, I think I've been annoyed with it because it, it, to me, until I read this book, it sounded like he was bragging. <laughs> Listen to how many people we've had. We've gone up 22% from sure. last year. Um, but after reading this and understanding that he's a performer, I realized, like, that's how he finds worth. That's how he is affirmed that, like, He's doing his job well. So it's not in a bragging sense at all that he's doing it. Um, but he just wants, he wants me to know, you know, not in a bragging <laughs> way, but like he's, he's proud of what you know, he's done. Successful yeah. I know. yeah. Can I tell another story? Yeah, I, have, I have a better story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no way. No. Okay. Um, my husband has also lost quite a bit of weight um, this semester. He's, which is so annoying. Okay, I, it's a side note. What I, are you guys doing? Both of you guys have lost a, weight, a lot of weight. Have I? So that's why well, friends. No, I do. I really <laughs> have. But what are y'all doing? Are y'all doing something? So, okay, so I, you know, I ran a half marathon uh -huh, in uh -huh. April. I ran You're five running. days a week for, for 12 weeks. And I feel like I look the exact same. I did mm -hmm. as, that's you know, yeah, you when nice. I started. Why am I doing this? Joe one day just decides, I think I'm just going to start going to the gym. <laughs> And I'm going to cut out Coke. And he's dropped like 30 pounds or something. <laughs> so I'm already just annoyed mm -hmm. at him for losing weight and not really even trying or doing anything. But I'm at work one day and he calls me and he's like, I have got to tell you something. You're not going to believe this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe he like won something. <laughs> he's like, I just got on the scale for the first time. And I don't know how long. And guess how much weight I've lost. And at this point, I'm just mad. Never mind. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah, care. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, you better have gained weight. <laughs> He's like, I can't remember the number now because I really, I quit listening. I'm so mad. I lost like 32 pounds. And I'm like, mm-hmm. 
And you're not even excited for him. I'm like, not. I'm not excited. But he is such a performer. Mm-hmm. Like, if he would have, you know, changed his diet, exercise, and not seen any mm-hmm. change, mm-hmm. he would have stopped. Mm-hmm. We're like, me, I am trying to be disciplined. I'm like, no, I'm doing this because it's the right thing because mm-hmm. I'm a one. Mm-hmm. He's doing it to see the results. <laughs> you know? And so I do feel like this book has helped us understand each other in that way. So when he says these things, it's not to brag. He's just so proud that mm-hmm. like what he's done, he's actually seeing results from. And he wants me to be excited with him. For I'm sure. just not. I'm just not excited for him. Maybe turn to the spiritual transformation. Right. Oh. Yeah. I'm gonna let See what you can do there. <laughs> a similar story, um, just of very different numbers. Um, Parker, my husband, is a four, and I, Jessica, am an eight. And we just, they're just so opposites. And so um, the way that we argue, the way that we think, the way that we do anything is literally the opposite. Foreign. It's actually foreign to both of us how the other works. And we've been married for almost seven years, and it's just now becoming a little less foreign. And so the other night we were arguing, you know, like passionately disagreeing. And, and yeah, yeah. And we're, we're actually laying in bed, and... I don't even remember what it was about, but it was it was getting more and more just like um, very personal. The argument was, and I was getting a little bit offended. He was getting, and that's just our arguments go like that. And so then, I'm just thinking about like why did how did this get here and what we do and how can we prevent this next time? But I'm so mad. And then, or how could he have said what he just said? All that's probably true. But then he says, Jessica, I wrote a song today, and in my mind, like we are mad, like we are both mad at each other right then. And so I was like, okay, like why? Surely this has something to do with what we're talking about. And I said, okay, what was it? And it was like, it goes like this. It's like, you're a thinker and you talk about work and numbers and results. And I am a creative and I like music and I'm unique, but we're all a part of God's body. That is exactly how it went <laughs> Like it was something like that. It really was. Like if you heard that, he'd say, oh, it's close. Uh, I promise I'm not exaggerating. Um, and so he, it was like, he sang it and he said all that. And I emanate to remind you, and I have no feelings, especially in arguments. And I was just like, wait, okay, you are a thinker too. You are a logistic. And, and, and I like responded in this, like, you're calling me this anal, an, an, analyst, analyst, this, all these things. I took it very, in a very, I was very offended that he was saying that I was just this overthinker and blah, 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 blah. When really he was just telling me, hey, we need yous in the world, we need me's in the world, and we're all a part of the body of Christ, which him even saying that was a huge thing. And I shut it down, was offended and mad about it. And he responded just like, Jessica, like, I cannot believe you just heard what you did. Like, that's not what I meant. I've, I was thinking about our relationship today, which is something like the whole other thing. is like, that, That's how he thinks about our relationship is just like in a song. And he was peacefully trying to show, share this song with me in the heated argument. And, and, I, and I received it so wrong. But thinking afterwards, I'm just like, okay. Although that still was not a good time to share, that, to share the song. However, he's thinking about us. And that's, that's, I'm open to the idea that there's a possible way to think about us um, 
in, in a song. Your song. <laughs> That's a song. great way to think about it. There's so many things to that story. I, I like. I feel like I could go so many different so routes, the, but I've tried well, to narrow it down. Part. We're recording at your house right now, mm-hmm. and Parker will come home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe he, he can. Will I hope. It. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think so. I think he'd give enough of it. Yeah. Okay, it was. So oh my gosh. Stay to the end of the episode. You might hear a song from Parker. Yeah. It was so so interesting. And this is, well, there's one more, one more real quick. Whenever we do argue, so, sorry, we don't argue often, <laughs> clearly. Um, but when we do, it's, um, I, again, am just, we're in an argument, and I'm thinking only about the argument, and so I'll say mine, my, my bit, and Parker will walk away and whistle. Like, <laughs> like a, a happy tune. Not even like, not like, somber. Da, 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 da. No, it's like, I don't even know. A happy tune for like 45 seconds to women and a half. And I'm like, the first time that happened, I had no, I thought, I thought it was, and no, for a long time, I, I would think that was just like, just disrespectful. Like you're just walking away. You're trying to get to me right now. But that really is, he just goes and thinks. And then he comes back and then he'll share and then it'll, and he'll go and whistle again. And that's a four. That's, that's a little bit of my husband's fourness, and it's really, I'm learning. I'm learning to really understand that. If that sounds familiar, you might be married to a four, or you are a four. Yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about the Enneagram in relation to yourself, um, at work, with your friends, and with your husbands. Um, how do you feel the Enneagram has impacted your relationship with God? So... This may not be how it's impacted my relationship with God, but I feel like it has to do with that. It just made me realize how God really has created us all so different, but we are all so important in the body of Christ. Like Jessica was saying earlier, that Parker was saying, um, that we, like for example, in our community group, home group, whatever, church group, um, my husband is an eight, and something that they are very good at is like saying the truth. And sometimes it's very blunt. And sometimes it may come across kind of harsh. But, like, he will be the one to say it. So if there's something that needs to be said that we're all kind of, like, thinking, but no one's really going to be the one to say it, he will say it. And that's great. Like, we need him in our group. And then we also have one of the other guys in our group is a nine. And he kind of, like, comes behind Logan and softens what he just said. So, like, you get the truth comes out with Logan. And then the nine is helpful to make it not come across so harsh. Um, and so that's just a simple example of how like we really are all vital to mm-hmm. to each other and to God's purpose like in everyone's life mm-hmm. and so it's been cool just to see and be able to encourage that in other people um, especially some of my friends who are ones and learning that they have that like inner critic a lot and so for me to tell them or give them more of that isn't very helpful norm like they need way more encouraging than someone else may. So it's just been really helpful to to know how to kind of navigate those relationships and just see how they all work together. And so this is Lindsay. I'm a one. Um, I feel like discovering more about myself through the Enneagram has helped me um, keep myself in check, I guess, with my relationship with God. I Even the way I was brought up, um, religion seemed very much like a checklist to me. Um, going to church is good. Reading your Bible is good. Um, fellowship is good. 
And so I even now as an adult struggle with feeling like if I'm doing those things, then my relationship with God is fine. You know, I'm doing all that I need to do um, because I like, I like the checklist. I like knowing exactly what I'm supposed to do. Um, and now that I, you know, have identified myself as a one, I understand that that is um, my tendency to do that. It makes me more aware to where I can challenge myself. Like, no, it's so much more than a checklist. Um, you know, and I think, you know, like when I'm healthy, I go to a seven. And so, and the sevens, you know, they're much more passionate. There's more, like, connection there. So, ideally, if, I, if I'm healthy, I go to a seven, so my relationship with God should look different. It shouldn't be so legalistic, but more um, relational, which is not something that I would naturally go to. So, it just helps me keep, keep myself in check, I guess is the best way for me to put that. All right, so kind of wrapping it up, what are some of the best benefits you've gotten out of the road back to you, whether it's been reading through it or reading through the study guide or following up with the paths between us? So out of this whole kind of past spring that we've gone through together, what are some of the best benefits you've gotten out of knowing your number or knowing other people's numbers, anything Enneagram related? I may have a few, but one I can mention right now. I'm looking at it. I have, I have the book in front of me, and there's this part that says, um, your personality is twice as big and intense as you think it is, and what feels like passion to you often feels like intimidation to others. And then, lastly, in the same number, offer an unqualified apology when people tell you that you ran over them. So, Jessica, number eight here. And that's really good for me, um, just with apologies, because, like it said, it said it perfectly. In my mind, they must be qualified for me to apologize. And qualified to me like me think okay that makes sense I, I hear you I apologize well I've got to learn especially I mean this goes back to my marriage Parker and I have very different qualifications for apologies and so um and it shouldn't matter at the end of the day I mean um I, I've got a feelings are feelings that anyone has and um and when he feels like I've I've wronged him or I've I've you know done something that was just not nice. I, I need to apologize for it. Although that's not what I meant, you know, or whatever the reason is I, to apologize and have no reason for it. Just apologize. The end. That's been a huge, huge um, uh, learning point for me, I think. I think for me, I'm Megan. I'm a six. Um, it has just helped me to focus more on what is what is good about myself, about other numbers, about relationships, seeing the best and everything. And um, it led me to monitor more closely what I do. So I deleted Facebook because I thought I would look at it and I would um, have, like it says in here, a pessimistic view of life. So I would think negatively about other people or um, I would look at old friends and wonder why we like don't keep in touch anymore. And so not that those thoughts are necessarily negative, um, but they weren't producing life within myself. And so it was something that I just needed to eradicate and, and not use any form of social media or look at the news or anything that would lead me to view life more pessimistically because that is already something that 
is a part of my personality. And I think identifying these things after reading the book, it was, it was creating self-awareness, but also allowing me to just own those bits of my personality and making changes or choices that would lead me to be healthy instead of just average or unhealthy. And the same goes for relationships, friendships with God, with my husband, um, seeing how his personality is different or friends and, and letting him be him for who he is, just like I want him to see me for who I am Mm -hmm. in the place that I'm in, in those particular personalities Mm -hmm. or personality point. I think you said it perfect when you were talking about owning our things. For me, that's been the biggest thing is owning the positive things and the negative things. This is Jenna and I'm a nine. And so for me, sometimes it's hard to, um, one, like I said before, even realize them, but then to own them, especially the negative things, because I want to be at peace and like not think about all those things. Cause how do I fix them? And that's like a list of things and that gets hard. And so for me being able to own that and just the fact that like, there are things that I need to work on. Cause I feel like sometimes nine, which is nice for me, like get the reputation of being like, the peaceful, the good, like there's a lot of good qualities it sounds like, but there are also things that I for sure need to work on because that's what I want it to seem like is that everything is good and perfect and that doesn't mean that it always is. And so for me, owning those negative things but also stepping into the spaces where the, I kind of go to peacemaker word just because it kind of summarizes a lot, I feel like, for a nine, but step into that instead of seeing um, my sister and my brother having this, argument or this debate or whatever it is and just kind of listening and like oh like having all my opinions but not sharing any of them stepping into that and kind of like listening to each point of view and trying to um mediate but not not always mediate like it's a fight but just kind of like share both perspectives I don't know it's just been helpful for me to step into that and be confident in my strengths as strengths as well um and not be afraid to speak up whenever I have an opinion or feel like something could be helpful for sure. Jessica speaking, Jenna's sister, mm-hmm. and I am the eight again. And absolutely, I think you've done, I mean, an incredible job with that over the past six months of just kind of, I mean, slowing my thought process down of, you know, well, I know this. I have a, I have a good intuition of knowing who's right and wrong, or who's lying and who's not and all of this stuff and saying, slow down. Okay, let's, let's talk about why you're feeling that way. And um, yeah, I think you've done a great, a great job with that. And, and something else I, about this whole thing, eights, eights are drawn to nines because there's something about like um our strong personalities but our our desire to be trusted and um this whole like not that I can can I trust Jenna this nine but can I trust me with Jenna do I do I trust myself with the um how, how do I say that can I trust me with Jenna like do I trust myself with Jenna? Do I trust Jenna's feedback on the things that I do? Do I trust that she's going to walk away with maybe something I said that was wrong, but she's walking away very open-minded as this nine, also my sister, but as this nine who knows that's not what she meant. You know, that's, I know she said that, and anyone else in this room could have heard this one way, but as a nine and a pretty healthy nine, she hears it and says, okay, that's, I, that sounded so much stronger than what she meant for that. And that's, I think, something that's so cool, that, um, that's so true for an eight, is 
you look for those people, you're close to very few people, but those people that you are close to, you know that you can say the worst thing and you know they know you don't mean it like that. Um, and those are, those, I mean, I think nines are naturally those open-minded people, but there's a lot of, um, a lot of others. It's not always that positive. My husband, who's also an eight, Jenna again, <laughs> whenever he says something that he doesn't realize might come across as harsh, mm-hmm. and then I have to be like, oh, what he meant to say was, or later in private, like, babe, when you said that, that they, I think they thought this. I'm pretty sure their face was saying, like, that's not what you meant. And he's like, no, they knew what I meant. And I'm just like, okay. So sometimes it's hard to get that it's not always as well received. So that's something that we're working on is being able to trust each other and even him too when I don't, I, I can't tell every single time either. So there's things that he's able to tell me that I'm like, oh. And accepting those things isn't always easy, but yeah, it's been a thing for us too. I think the self-awareness piece of reading the book has, oh, I'm Megan, six, um, has been really difficult for me because I think I've, like I said before, I've never identified those things and I've always called them something different. So like, I would always say I'm preparing for all of these things. I'm, get, I'm making a plan because I'm a planner naturally. You know, I've got the calendar and that's what we live by. We do all of these things by the calendar because that's the plan. And so I think identifying some of these things as anxiety has actually led me to be more anxious and have more anxiety because I've identified it and I've tried to work on it not being anxiety. And so it's actually been pretty interesting because it, there's just so, like, we bought a house and you can't, there's so many things that you just don't know how to plan for or you don't know And so, like, I would wake up in the middle of the night and, like, I would say, Jimmy, Jimmy, tell me it's all going to be okay. Tell me it's all going to be okay. And he would be like, okay, it's going to be okay. Go back to sleep. And and I have never experienced some of those things because I, all the things that I want to plan for and try to plan for and manipulate to be in the plan, you know, weren't. And so, and identifying those things because it is anxiety, like all of these things that are, that I'm worrying about or whatever, and calling it that, I think, I think it got better before it got worse after, you know, doing, making changes, like deleting Facebook and not, um, I mean, and specifically praying about that and reading verses and, you know, podcasts, all Mm -hmm. that stuff to figure out how to to be okay with that and moving forward instead of just living in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, uh, says Lindsay, I'm a one, that has been um, the biggest benefit for me is um, seeing what others may consider or what I would consider to my flaws um, and calling them out. So, like, I, um, gosh, I can go back to second grade and probably think of stupid things I said in class and and that's crazy because now even as a 32 year old (laughs) those those moments will come into my head all the time um 
And I just, I still get so um, shaken up by that. Things I said when I was seven, which was ridiculous. And um, even things that I said a year ago in my job. And I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I said that to those people. <laughs> and where normally, you know, before I read this book, I would just say to myself, stop thinking that. Like, quit, just quit thinking about that moment or quit thinking about that memory. And that doesn't do anybody any good when you tell yourself to stop mm -hmm. thinking it. But, like, I'm thinking specifically when I said something stu so stupid in a meeting right after I get hired for my job. You know, I tell myself, okay, I was not as educated then as I am now mm -hmm. about this job. Mm -hmm. I am much more prepared. If I were to have that conversation again... I am much more prepared this time around. So I've learned that I had to um, combat it with something else mm -hmm. instead of being like, oh my gosh, that was so dumb. Why did I say that? Um, and also my deadly sin as a one is anger. And we are like at the end of summer and my children are giving me lots of opportunities <laughs> to, uh, to feel that anger. Um, the other day they were back in their room um, playing with something and Lola took something from Harper. And I'm sure if you have kids, they do this. But like the way that they say each other's names when they're mad, it's like, Lola. <laughs> so, it's so whiny. And that tone in itself can just make my blood pressure mm -hmm. skyrocket mm -hmm. up. And so, like, I heard, I heard Harper say Lola's name like that, and I just start marching back to their room, and I look in, and I'm like, girls! And I could feel it. Like, instantly, my anger rose. And where, normally, I would just give in, and I would think, this is just how I respond to stress. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm just an angry mom. <laughs> um, but I had to stop myself and know, okay, this is where naturally I go this is not an okay place for me sure. to go and so it's just it's been the greatest benefit just to be aware mm -hmm. of where I go naturally but to also not be okay with that yeah. you know to to combat it know that there's an alternative exactly. like, there's another way here yeah. this isn't just who I am yeah exactly and not just be like well I guess this, yes. this, these are the cards I was dealt sure who I'm gonna be so I would say that in itself personally has been the greatest benefit. And I want to say this book study as a whole, this book club. <laughs> <laughs> you are still new. We can kick you out. <laughs> no. uh, this book that we've done has, I don't know if it's my present over perfect, maybe my favorite because it was the first one and I think it was so fun. But this is probably second, a really close second. I think every other book that we've read we've all kind of gotten the same thing out of it. We can all get on board with, oh, yeah, I learned that too. I learned that too. This, this book's, uh, book study has been <laughs> so unique on this book because I think all of us have walked away with something beneficial mm -hmm. but also something completely different. Mm -hmm. And that's been fun mm -hmm. to see our personalities come out and all the discussions um, and to know that we're all walking away with something and it's not all the same. Right, it's walking away with fun. something of ours for ourselves and walking away with something probably of each number that spoke that night. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, like Jenna's, I mean, husband's an eight, I'm an eight. Jessica's talking eight here. Um, Brooke's husband is an eight. And then we have um, uh, Megan's husband's a two, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then Janie's a two. So that we were able to kind of go around and talk about, okay, so as a two, why would he do this? <laughs> or, so as an eight, my husband does this, why does he do that? <laughs> And uh, we can give it a little insight, sure, yeah.
that's I, been really I think cool. it's also forced vulnerability. It's almost like whenever you read someone else's chapter, mm-hmm. like I, it's we called it the hot seat. Like, Jessica, it's your turn. You're in the hot mm-hmm. seat. And we would all be a little bit nervous going into that night. Like, oh, man, tonight is the ones. So, yeah. But luckily, we shared a number. Right. So we didn't <laughs> You suckers had to. <laughs> yeah, and there's something about, I remember reading about my number eight, Jessica speaking eight, and um, we, I felt like you need to tell the whole truth, and if it's not the whole truth and every bit of the truth, then it's a lie. Meaning, like, if you leave out any details to this story, then you've lied to me. And that is how I think, and I don't know why. And it makes me, like, I haven't figured that out yet. I haven't really honed into it. I'm not there, I'm not as much of that as I used to be, for sure, because I give people... I'm a little bit more healthy these days, a little bit. But, like, there was a time for sure that if I didn't get all the details, you left that out for a reason. And that's silly. Like, what has happened in my life for me to not, for me to not be okay with you not sharing every detail? But, again, with AIDS, like, information is, is like, power. And you have to have all the information to be able to, to move forward. And if, and if you don't, there's, it messes, it messes me up. And so... That's something that I think is really, um, I've learned about myself, or been able to identify, and, and I want to keep digging and figure out, like, why? Why is that so important to me? And why would I feel like I'm being lied to if I'm not given all, all the details, when it may not even be something that's any of my business? <laughs> I think that's something we can all take away, is that, like, we, we're all still digging deeper. Like, we For all sure. have read it and, like, have found things that are like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, or, like, this is something I need to work on. But as we read and listen to other people that are our same numbers or even different numbers, you just like, like Jessica was saying at the very beginning, it's just like a journey that you can keep going on as long as you allow it to. So none of us have arrived, but we've definitely made a lot of progress, I would say. Yeah, so back, Lindsay, you said it earlier how there's, it's so multifaceted. So it's your number, your wings, your stress and secure, and then the healthy, unhealthy average. But then what you were saying, Jenna is you can continue to grow with it. So with all these different combinations, it's almost like it never ends, and just mm-hmm. like personal growth should never end. So mm-hmm. I like how the Enneagram does that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, thanks for letting us interview your book club. <laughs> <laughs> we like her. <laughs> Don't make it. Don't make your own book. Hey, if you get kicked out, just come find us. <laughs> I hope you guys gained a lot of insight from hearing um, from a bunch of different numbers on the Enneagram today, and hopefully you enjoyed the book study slash club atmosphere, <laughs> and you can find a group of people in your neck of the woods to start a little group of your own. Okay, so remember that night that we were, I, we were kind of talking in a heated discussion? Yes. In the bed. We were laying in bed. And I interjected. That's exactly right. But were we, were, were we in it? Oh, that's nice. Hey, buddy, hold on one second, okay? Um, sure. Okay, so we were arguing. But I but just, were we it was a, t- I, we were. Okay. It was in a heated discussion, uh-huh. but it was just a total non sequitur. Like, I interjected and said something completely not having to do with what we were talking about. What was it? But it was a revelation... It was it was a song that I wrote while around uh, the like Logan and his group of friends at Jonah's birthday party. 
or somebody's birthday party. I thought you read it whenever you were watering the garden. Maybe. But but what I was reflecting on are okay. were those interactions. Okay. Of those guys. Okay. And I... I because I just can't... Act, I can't fathom that they actually enjoyed that. Okay. So what... Like those but, kind of interactions. Right. They seem very empty to me. But I'm part but, of that, right? I'm Those interactions, I'm, I'm of the, that interaction as well. Uh, I would just say, like, when our conversation consists of nothing but business... Because like that happen often. Our goings on at our work places. Mm. <laughs> you don't talk about work, so that's just me. Oh, <laughs> and okay, so do, okay, so this is actually new information. I didn't realize we talked about a lot of. No, but I, no, you know, like I feel like every couple realizes that that their their fodder for conversation is lacking in certain areas. You for know, sure. just at yeah. one time or another. Yeah, just for like, sure. What does our marriage become? Like, yes, all we do yes, is talk about yes. Whatever. Talk about your job, talk about my job. Cool. We yeah. had a good day. Let's make out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was the song that you came up with? Okay, so I did write it down uh -huh. while I was driving. Okay, how did it go? And I, I sent it to Logan 10 minutes ago, and he has since loved it and responded, Bruh. Uh, I hope I can remember the melody. It's... <laughs> And I would have only formally written the first half of the song. Uh, but now I have gone, I feel like my, my thought process and my like, spiritual and emotional maturity is still pretty dwarfed for my age. But I'm trying to, you know, coax that along a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it goes... <laughs> I think yes was written while watering, yeah. Uh, it goes, You talk about sports... You talk about. <laughs> it's just funny because, like, when do I talk about sports? And this is my reaction. No, but it's not you. I know, it's I did, not you. I did it's it. Guys. But it's this guys. is how I responded. But so it's guys. See, that's the part you did leave out. You never told me this was no, guys. No, but it's just like the emptiness of most wife. conversation in this country. Ah, oh, okay, go ahead. That's it. But that's romantic in its very essence, for sure. Okay. You talk about sports. You talk about the Bible. You talk about business and industry rivals. I talk about music. I talk about art. I think that makes me unique and set apart. But I've got to recognize that's not how the body of Christ operates. Die and live in faith. And in his eyes we're all renegades against the world. Mm, that was good. That was good. But that that is how that is not at all how most people like try to gather their thoughts, but that is how I have to gather my thoughts in one way or the other. But just like and that's why I'm so hesitant to speak uh just real like not impulsively, but just the way you do, just like let it roll off your tongue. I'd prefer to like gather my thoughts, whether it be in something like that or just like literally trying to call. I already sounds there, I think. No, keep going. Literally, like, keep going. Like trying to call all of the unnecessary stuff. And then when I talk, I want it to be super purposeful. I just, I can't like have organic, spontaneous 
conversation. Maybe I can, but I'm just more uncomfortable than I would say the average person. Okay, so this is going to make this even funnier. So what do you do? Like when we argue sometimes and you walk away, what might you be doing whenever you walk away from our argument? I'm writing a song. Or what no, are you even, even doing? Like, um, are you making a noise? If you're making a noise, what would that noise come from? How would it sound? If you're walking, I would probably be whistling or hmm. beatboxing. So or tell something. me how, like, I just give my side of like a very, very heated conversation that I am so, so um, clearly stating my point. And you, instead of responding to that, you do something like, go ahead and just give us an example of what that well, might What might involve an obscenity. Oh, and it shouldn't. Might? But no, me. Oh, okay, yours. Okay, yeah. But really, but then you walk away doing what kind of melody? Like, Go ahead. Like. <laughs> that bouncy one? Or. That bouncy one is the one that gets me. No, you never be bugs. That's not right. But you I'm never dwelling. Be. Yeah, you might be doing that in your head. It's the bouncy whistle that comes from like the Mary Poppins movies. Like the. Mm -hmm. The birds in Cinderella that as they tie her That ribbon. you can do the bouncy whistle after. Yeah in a heated discussion without even responding. It's, it's probably because I was made to memorize Bible verses as a kid to like melodies. Oh, that's sweet. Okay, that's good. Yeah, it's a good thing that we really know each other well. Mm. Mm. <laughs> All right, good chat. There you go. That's an eight and a four for you. Okay, I love you. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.